Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and today I am going to be talking about Resistance, Fall of Man. So, a description for this game is, Resistance, Fall of Man delivers a thoroughly believable experience that blends epic military action and unnerving tension. In Resistance, Fall of Man, hiding isn't an option because weapons blast through, around and through obstacles as creatures swarm from all directions. So, a little background on the game. Uh, this was developed by Insomniac Games, who we know for uh, Marvel's Spider-Man, the 2018 Spider-Man on PS4, for the Spyro series, the Ratchet and Clank series, and, of course, the Resistance series. There's uh, two more games after Resistance Fall of Man. So, I guess hopping into the recap, what we get is the game has a, a consistent narrator through the chapters. And our narrator is Captain Rachel Parker. She works in the British Intelligence Agency. And uh, this is what she says to open the game. It says, On July 11th, 1951, the Americans launched an assault on the eastern coast of England. On the second wave of that assault was, sar was a sergeant named Nathan Hale. The actions of the ranger have become a matter of both scrutiny and myth. What followers of the known events from his life, from July 11th to July the 14th, the day he was last seen. So you, you get that, and then in the game, you actually play as Nathan Hale, and it's through this assault on through England. And what we find out, too, in this is that there are these uh, alien creatures, really, I guess, called the Chimera. And the Chimera first showed up in Russia in the early 1900s, and Russia's walls were closed, essentially, at that point. Um, but what had been happening was that the Chimera, Chimera were taking over Russia. Uh, they then launched an attack on Europe. Europe fell very quickly uh, after that. I think it said in like three months, Europe was just taken over by the Chimera. They were just uh, just swarmed. And then they were stopped by the English Channel, so they couldn't invade the UK, the Chimera, for a while. But then they burrowed under the Channel uh, and came up the other side on England. And so then they attacked England pretty severely. And so the United States then chose to come and help their allies, England. And that's where Nathan Hale is introduced and kind of how we get where the episode or the game starts. So, um, the game begins in York, and also through the game, you kind of travel around England fighting the Chimera and different things happen, so we're kind of going to follow it as it is and pull out the big story beats, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of the plan. So, York uh, is where the game begins, Nathan Hale and his company get there, and you battle through the Chimera with fellow soldiers. This is the first time you encounter them, of course. And the Chimera are kind of um, humanoid-looking aliens, except they've got like uh, blaster rifles and stuff like that. So it would be kind of like uh, World War II-era soldiers that you are fighting, um, maybe like aliens from Star Wars, almost. Like it's it's kind of crazy. They're um, <laughs> they're they're certainly uh, better equipped and maybe better fighters, but. Definitely is its own thing. You fight for a while through York. Then uh, Hale and his squad end up in this dry creek bed and are following the chimera that way. And they get swarmed by these bugs and they all pass out. They're almost like um, little, little scorpion looking things. Uh, they're really tiny. 
but a whole bunch of them come from the chimera. They spread out, and it makes all the soldiers pass out. Um, it looks a little gross, even as the bugs are like crawling on them, and one like goes in a soldier's mouth. Like, it's nasty. And when this happens, uh, everyone is comatose, but Hale ends up waking up a little later, um, and he goes and joins other soldiers. He's like, okay, I'm going to keep fighting. Uh, I don't know what happened or why they're comatose and I'm not, but he just goes to keep fighting. A little while later, after fighting more, uh, more bugs end up arriving, and you are knocked out again. You then wake up in Grimsby, uh, which is a nearby town, um, and you wake up and you're a prisoner inside of this conversion chamber. So what the Chimera do also is they convert humans into Chimera, uh, which is pretty crazy um, <laughs> that you get. So w one, one way that can happen that is kind of your standard is if you get turned into a Chimera as you and then you just end up a Chimera and foot soldier like we saw, like uh, I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, that, that's one thing, but uh, there's other chimera that exist, or other alien types, and, you know, some of them are, like, huge and uh, different things you deal with, but uh, apparently some of them are created by just fusing multiple people together um, and turning them into, like, a super alien, but just giving them the mass. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's a pretty wild situation. It would be very alarming waking up inside the conversion chamber, too. There are these aliens uh, that do the conversion, especially it seems. They're they're maybe like the worker chimera, the worker bees, as a sense instead of like the fighting ones. And they're um like gross looking. They're just like these like emaciated looking skinny ones. But they just they move really slow. But when they grab you, they just bite you, kind of thing. Um, so <laughs> they're kind of creepy. But you go through and you fight them uh, when you escape during um. Escaping, you end up finding Captain Parker, and you rescue her. And she notices when we rescue her that we've got golden eyes, like the Chimera do. And she's like, "Oh, you're being changed, maybe." Um, and so she's, she, you know, we stand out to her, and she's, and she's like, "What's an American doing here, helping us? I thought you all got killed," kind of thing. Um, but ultimately, we fight our way out of the conversion center, and a helicopter comes and saves us along with Captain Parker. Uh, and we head off. From here, uh, we head to Manchester uh, because Captain Parker said that there's a big need there, that we they need our help there, uh, our soldiers. So we, we come. And uh, a big thing that happens here, you fight a lot of Chimera, but the biggest thing you do is you destroy a stalker. And what a stalker is is basically like a, a giant spider thing but it's a tank so it, it, it would be like a tank um for the chimera like their you know uh land mm, vehicle kind of thing that like can destroy stuff military vehicle except it's shaped like a spider and walks like a spider but we destroyed one of those and this is where you get kind of the first instance i would say in a big way of the legend of nathan hale um which is cool that this game really is that you know resistance fall of man is a great title and it all works out but it could also have been called resistance the legend of nathan hale and it would have totally fit because the game you really experience that kind of thing is that this 
you know, random American is here and he's super good at fighting and he's, you know, he's brave and he does all this big stuff in the war against the Chimera. So it's kind of a cool thing. But your first kind of entrance into your legend in a big way is that you destroy this stalker, this big robot spider, and the British even exclaim, like, different soldiers, like, oh my god, he killed it by himself. Like, look at this guy. Also, in it, uh, we capture a containment cell that... I think allows the British intelligence to study more about the Chimera. So we captured this key piece that will help them in the war against the Chimera. After this, we go to Nottingham because we find out that there's basically passageways underground that have allowed the uh, Chimera to sneak attack people. So we go and destroy some passages to prevent some surprise attacks. After this, we head to Cheshire, uh, which is where the British Northern Command is. And something, the the biggest thing here, uh, we do kill our way through a bunch of Chimera, of course. But there's an angel, uh, which is a, a special type of Chimera. It, I think it's kind of like a, a lead Chimera, in a sense, that it has maybe power over the other Chimera a little more. It's, it, I think... This might be wrong, but I think that the Chimera might have sort of a hive mind, and so killing uh, an angel would be a big deal because it's like power over the other Chimera kind of thing. But Hale kills an angel, and the angel's like um really like a giant scorpion kind of thing, and when Hale shoots it, it's like crazy. But what it does, too, is it seemingly maybe releases some of the Chimeran power, that could have been had over Hale. Like, Hale, for whatever reason, was resistant to the bug thing that happened earlier. It didn't um, infect him from the inside like it did other people, but um, him killing this, it seems that his mind seems a little freer. Like, he, he was still free before, but it seemed he kind of had, like, a, a headache and, like, fell down for a second after he killed the angel. So, you've got that. Hale, or Captain, Captain Parker, also comments at this point... Uh, that Hale is faster, like the Chimera, unnaturally quick, and th that also, judging by the bullet wounds in his uniform, that he must have the self-healing property that the Chimera have too. Um, so that's pretty cool. And and I guess also throughout all of this, so each like um city visit and different things like that. Rachel Parker will give her kind of commentary on it. Like, we went here because of this thing, or we did this because of that, or what what's going on. So it's it's kind of cool. It really does feel like you, as I mentioned, hearing the legend of Nathan Hale, that she's kind of telling you the story, and then you're playing through the actions, and you kind of keep going that way, um, which is pretty cool. I like that. Uh, next, we head to Somerset, and um, we go there because Lieutenant Cartwright uh, tracks the Chimera to this point, um, and Lieutenant Cartwright is one of Captain Parker's best soldiers. So she sends Hale after him and says, hey, go find him and help him out. Um, and uh, Hale gets there. All of Cartwright's men have died, but Cartwright is still there, so Hale and Cartwright team up. The big thing they find out, they, they kill their way through a lot of Chimera, but a big discovery they make is that the Chimeran Tower was excavated as opposed to um, being brought there. So the Chimera had already kind of started something before. And I guess perhaps have been to the world before now and stuff like that. So 
it, it, you know, it's a big piece of information. Uh, in Somerset, uh, what they do is they notice these power lines um, that the Chimera used to travel through. And so they follow them down to Bristol to a conduit that is uh, seemingly a hub for uh, the Chimera. They kill their way through here and they destroy the conduit. And so they're like, okay, I think we've got it. But uh, they discover that there are more tunnels. And so Hale decides to follow the Chimeran tunnels to see where they will go. What he discovers is that in London, there is a larger conduit and it's got power lines going in all directions. So London is in fact the conduit. This is the big spot that the Chimera are coming from. Um, we thought it was uh, in Bristol, but it wasn't. In fact, London is the big one, so let's do it. He lets um, Captain Parker know and says, you know, if we destroy this tower in London, I think we can beat the Chimera. This is the thing. And Captain Parker decides to roll the dice with Hale and say, okay, let's do it. Um, so she contacts the Americans and says, hey, bring everyone to London, attack full heart there. She gets her British troops. Everyone's just going to attack London with everything they got because uh, if Hale is right, this could be the key to winning the war kind of thing. So they attack. Hale ends up going inside the Chimera Tower and shoots his way through. What he ends up finding at the center is there's this um, tower with power cells that um, the Chimera Tower is operating through and, you know, sending power to all the other Chimera plants and all that stuff. Uh, and you get into this crazy last, essentially, boss battle where you have two soldiers with you and uh, Chimera are, like, flooding out and you need to shoot the power cells. Um, and they each have, like, um, not a force field exactly, but sort of a barrier beyond them. And it's into thirds, so there's you have to actually shoot the power cells three different times as it's going. Like, you destroy one, you can move on to the next one. But there's chaos going around around you, too. So you kind of have to div divvy up a, uh, shoot the guys around me, destroy the power cell, and kind of go back and forth. What I did at this point, I had, like, a bazooka. So I could shoot the power cell with the bazooka, then I'd switch to my gun, shoot Chimera for a little bit, and then move to the next section and shoot the bazooka shoot guys for a bit, and move on. But it gets pretty chaotic, for sure. You do destroy it, though, and Captain Parker tries to wait for Hale uh, with a helicopter outside and says, make it to me, we have to go now. But the power cell explodes, the Chimera Tower explodes, fire just comes everywhere, and Captain Parker has to evacuate to avoid evade the blast uh, before Hale can get there. Credits roll, game over. But then... We get a post-credit scene, and we see Hale walking through the snow and looking beat up a bit. And this small plane lands, uh, and like five armed dudes with like gas masks on come and surround him. And you see Hale have a grenade in his hand, thinking about pulling the pin, and then decides. Nah, I'm not going to do that. And he drops the grenade, and then he goes onto the plane with the men. Game over. Uh, so, this, there, I, yeah, I feel like there's uh, a lot of, I guess, small comments to say about the game. Um, 
I guess from here in my general thoughts. Uh, one thing is just on a personal level, this is one of the first games I ever beat. Um, I th like I as a kid, I beat the Pokemon uh, like red and yellow and stuff. I beat those uh, back in the day, but otherwise, I think mostly I'd played games as a kid, not playing ones with campaigns that I would beat or I would not get through them. Um, but Resistance Fall of Man, I did beat the whole game. I played it co-op uh, with my roommate in uh, college, like freshman year of college. And it, it's couch co-op, so that was super fun. This game as a couch co-op was tremendously fun. I, um, I wish I had enough time that if I would have played it with someone else and done it and played the game that way, actually, because the, co the couch co-op was super fun playing it. Uh, that way back then it would be have been really fun to do that now um, but uh, so yeah that's one thing so uh, resistance I would say really has a special place in my like mind or whatever because of that is just that experience playing the game together with a friend that you know we were just having so much fun trying to battle them battle the chimera together and you know you you uh i think you acted as medic for each other too so if one of us was hurt it would be like okay you heal me up and then we'd you know try to maneuver together and like be like okay i'll i'll, I'll take left side you take right or you know whatever um so that that was pretty fun um for sure back then playing uh also this is a really fun shooter in my book um and I think that's why the recap is a bit shorter than normal, is that a lot of this game really is a shooter. That that's It's got a good story around it and stuff like that, but it is probably more of a shooter than um, as much of a story as other games I'd play or whatever we talk about on the show. But there's still, you know, a, a story for sure that I think is pretty cool. Um, there's enjoyable weapons in this game. So, you know, first you start off with, like, a carbine or something like that as... Uh, an army soldier, but then you build up an arsenal of both uh, American or uh, human weapons from the World War II era, and then also Chimeran weapons that are alien weapons. So you have this kind of cool mix of like, oh, you have a laser gun, but then you have a bazooka. You have a regular like hand grenade, but then you also have a Chimeran hand grenade. And the Chimera hand grenades are sweet. You, like, throw them, and then it, like, blows up spikes almost in, like, a big circle radius, which those are really great because you can, you know, kill several guys at once or whatever. So they're pretty cool. Um, you, you end up with, like, a shotgun. Um, your uh, carbine can have, like, a, a little grenade launcher thing, which is cool. Like, So there's uh, a fair amount of cool weapons in this, and you can kind of find ones that are good. Uh, with each other, and certain weapons are better for certain aliens. So, I, I mentioned only a couple, but um, there's a lot of different aliens that come. There's, uh, like, I would say uh, scorpions that are maybe, like, half the size of a person, and those will swarm you where a bunch of them will run at you. And I've found that the shotgun is really good for shooting them because it sprays, so you might get one or two of them. And since they're smaller, they're easier to kill. But then you've got, um, you know, your regular foot soldiers. You've got the um, emaciated, most humanoid-ish looking aliens who are the workers. Those ones, um, you can have these, uh, this gun that's 
almost like shooting landmines that are these bubbles at the aliens. I found that those were really good for killing the walking ones like that because it, um, you know, they just walk into them and it explodes on them kind of thing. So, uh, there's that. There's, uh, one alien that is probably like, I don't know, 16, 16 feet tall or something like that. Like, it's huge. It's like two or three people stacked on each other, like two or three people wide. Like, it's huge, and it's got this, like, grenade launcher, fireball shooting thing. Like, so there's a bit of uh, different aliens, too, and kind of judging, like, oh, uh, this one's good. There's one that's like a jellyfish. So there's kind of a variety of chimera that you can kill, and certain weapons work better with certain ones, which is cool. In terms of the environment uh, of the game, I really, really like the alternate history plus aliens combination we've got. I think that's super cool. Um, I think World War II games are, you know, plenty cool. That's a cool era of history or interesting era of history or whatever. Um, and, you know, taking that and then throwing, oh, there's this alternate history instead where aliens come and attack us. Like, I thought that was pretty cool uh, idea. It's pretty intriguing um, to me as a concept. Like, if there was a Resistance book, or if there is, I would be interested in reading it, or, like, I want to play the future games. I just, I think the world itself is pretty interesting. It's cool. Um, I also think the combo of, like, having World War One era weapons, fighting against people with laser rifles, that's, <laughs> that's pretty crazy, too. Like, you've got, um just differing technologies majorly like intersecting on each other like that so it, i don't know it's kind of a cool idea um so yeah i think that's my most of my general thoughts on the game but i, I think it's cool i think this um yeah i think it's pretty cool and i enjoyed it i think the actual playtime for it isn't too bad like you might be able to beat it in six or seven hours which is nice it's not it's not um as long as uh, you'd think or whatever. So that's kind of cool too. Uh, I do have a little bit of listener feedback though. So Chris on Twitter said uh, that it was a pretty underrated PS3 launch game. And yeah, I agree. Um, you don't really hear a lot about Resistance now. I mean, it's been a long time, but uh, I think a pretty solid game. And I do remember it being a PS3 launch game. That's how I was able to play it is one of the roommate... Uh, who had it, who I played with, they got a PS3 at launch, and so I don't know if this game came with it or not, but this was one of the first games they had, and so that's how I played it. And I have a lot of fond memories from that, and I imagine a lot of other uh, people who got it at launch do too. And then uh, Thomas on Twitter said, I don't play many first-person shooters, but last year I tried the six oldest Halo games, um, then this, uh, Resistance, or, but last year I tried the six oldest games. This year I'm going to give Far Cry a try, and next year I'm hoping to do Resistance and or Killzone. Thus far, linear sci-fi shooters certainly to be my cup of tea, uh, more my cup of tea than modern uh, big sandbox ones. Um, yeah, there, there is something that is pretty cool about the sci-fi shooter kind of thing, and I think that's probably what makes me like this, and, and same for Bioshock too. Uh, on there. It's Bio Bioshock is a shooter, but it's got a lot going on uh, that's cool. And um, same thing for Resistance. Uh, I definitely enjoyed playing Halo back in the day. I never owned an Xbox, so my 
Halo Limited was limited, but I like playing. Uh, and I've heard the Killzone games are cool as well. Uh, I know that they, they're made by Gorilla Games, who made Horizon Zero Dawn, so that has my interest uh, much higher, because I do like Gorilla Games because of that. So, But yeah, I, th I think same thing. I, and I'm not as much into, like... Sandbox shooters. I don't. I don't even have PlayStation Online, but like I, I'm not as into that. But I do like kind of a, a campaign to do. That's a shooter. Like I think those are pretty fun, and you can come up with a a good solid story like this, and it's a pretty enjoyable shooter and stuff like that. So yeah. And then uh, TLPBC on Twitter said, "I enjoyed it, but I had a tough time getting through a lot of the game. It's important to know that note that first-person shooters aren't my strong suit." And I feel that. Um, I definitely played this chunked up. Like, I played maybe an hour or two, like, a couple months ago, and then I picked it up and played maybe an hour more, and I, ch I chunked it up that way. But part of what did slow me down in some of that is I did get stuck at a couple points because same thing with them. I'm not the best first-person shooters. I can get used to them, but... Like, once I get used to them, I can do all right, but there were different points at the game where I was like, oh, I'm not used to this, and I'm not sure how to, like, kill this swarm of enemies. Um, I'm not doing it right, or whatever. And so, I, I did find a couple parts difficult to get through. Um, there was one part I was stuck on for a little while, because it was, like, one room you walk into, and there was, I don't know, eight enemies, but they were all, like, spread out, and they also had a... One of the laser guns can shoot through walls, so you couldn't just hide. Um, they would still be able to shoot you. <laughs> so that kind of got me stuck, and I wasn't able to uh, do more. Uh, but then I kind of figured, oh, okay, I'm going to like throw a grenade left, and then I'm going to run right and start shooting there, or you know, whatever I did. But um, yeah, uh, so I do feel that for sure. I guess also actually closing, uh, I, I didn't write this down, but um, it's true, is I really hope that they bring Resistance back for PS5. Um, now that Insomniac's owned by PlayStation, uh, I do, even if they don't come back, but I'm glad PlayStation owns Insomniac because uh, Insomniac makes good games and uh, more PlayStation exclusives or whatever, or even if they start as exclusives and you know go broader, that's fine too, whatever. But... Uh, PlayStation does seem to have a pulse on the kind of games I like playing. Um, and so, I don't know, Insomniac being part of that's good. But I do really hope we could get another Resistance. I would be really into a Resistance 4. Or even if you just started with whatever happens in Resistance 1, but a different angle. You know, you play as uh, another character somewhere else doing other things or... That kind of thing. I would be totally into that. I I don't know what Resistance 2 and Resistance 3 have in them. I didn't play them back then. And um, yeah, I don't I don't know what they bring. Um, I do want to play them eventually, though. I would like to see what they have to offer. I've heard that 2 isn't as good, and then 3 kind of uh, is the best of the bunch, is what some people say. So if I'd be into that, I'm, and I'd be willing to go through 2 if it's not as good, um, to get to 3 if it's better than this one, because... I like this game. This is a quality game, and um, I'm gl I'm glad I got to replay it and stuff. But yeah, Resistance Four that would be sweet if uh, Insomniac wants to do that, or if they even just remaster these. I did sense some of like I I played on my PS3, but I think PS3 came out in like 2006 maybe, and so being a game that's I don't know 
14 years old or whatever, 13 years old, whatever. But, you know, being old like that, you do sense some of that. Like some of the um, controls or how some of the animation looks, it's not great. I mean, it, it's not bad either. Like it didn't hinder it. Um, but I also had an expectation of what it would look like since I'd played it before back then. But um, to see an updated version of this, that would be pretty cool too. I would be into that or... Uh, I guess also I'd be into Insomniac writing their own IP. Um, like Resistance, I think they just made this up and it is pretty cool. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know what they'll bring, but I'm uh, interested in it. So, yeah. That is the episode, though. Um, if you would like to write into us, uh, you can do that on Twitter at StoryEverPod. I like interacting there uh, plenty. Um, or you can send us an email at the greatest story ever played at gmail.com. If you uh, want to check out our website, you can at the greatest story ever played.com. On our website, we've got uh, you know a bunch of old a uh, bunch of our all our episodes are on there and um, uh, some bonus content and stuff like that. You can check that out. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, we'd super appreciate that, and you could do that on patreon.com slash thegreatteststoryeverplayed. Um, if you decide to do that, you can give as low as a dollar per month, and we have an exclusive Patreon episode that comes out each month that's topical in nature, so talking about things like our favorite gaming systems or video games that we would like adapted into something else. So that that's kind of what we talk about there um but yeah if you'd like to support in that way we'd really appreciate that and lastly if you uh would just like to support us by rating and reviewing us on itunes or wherever you get your podcast we'd super appreciate that that really helps increase visibility for the show and that we can um i don't know enjoy the story games we all like together even more and share that with others um because yeah i think there's a lot of people who like these kind of games that you and i both like so you do that we'd super appreciate that as well and uh yeah thank you for hanging out and we'll see you next time <laughs>